Hello and welcome to Arcadis at MIPIM, a special series of five programmes focusing on the future of real estate. We'll hear about the buildings we live and work in and the biggest challenges facing our cities. I'm Emma Nelson and today we head to Belgium, a country with the oldest housing stock in Europe. If you look to specifically Belgium, we have the oldest housing stock in Europe. With the construction sector's carbon footprint, one of the biggest on earth, we'll ask how do you make green bricks and mortar? We have to rethink how we build, how we renovate and working in an only sustainable way. My guests will look at ways of making building a sustainable business, from what you build to what you use and sometimes when things are best left alone. You could do much more by, by having analysis and doing something on the old stock. That's all ahead on Arcadis at MIPIM. And a very warm welcome to today's programme. The last few months have offered us some devastating reminders that climate change is a very real problem. From floods in Belgium and Germany to fires in Greece and the south of France, people are losing their lives and their livelihoods. Well, one of the biggest contributors to carbon emissions is construction. It's a dirty business. The industry accounts for 38% of CO2 emissions globally. What we build and how we build it is constantly under review, with pledges from everyone from governments, developers and construction companies all pledging to change their ways. Well, I'm delighted to say that joining me are... Hi, my name is uh, Gunther, Gunther Egge, and I'm the commercial director of Arcadis in uh, Belgium. Hello, I am Adele Yahia and I am the CEO of Immobile Belgium. Hello, I'm Nicolas Biarel. I'm the founder and executive chairman of the Urban Generation Specialists Revive. We're based in Belgium and having operations in Poland and Portugal. Welcome all to the programme, gentlemen. Um, right, we start off with confession time, I'm afraid. Gunther, how dirty are we when it comes to construction? Well, to give you one first example of a city in Belgium, in Antwerp, today actual 90% and even more of the heat that is needed in the city comes from fossil fuels, eh, such as fuel, oil, gas, and we have to change that. And there are some goals for the city to be carbon free and climate neutral by 2050. So we have a very huge way to go. So we have goals already and a steep hill to climb. Um, Nicola, how much money is being lost with these unecological buildings? Well, as you said in the beginning, we had a big flooding a few weeks ago in Belgium and Germany, just in a small part of the south of Belgium and the east of Germany. I think the, the latest numbers is we lost two billions in 24 hours of assets that were destroyed that we have to rebuild. And on top of that, we lost over 200 um, of people's lives. People died in the flooding. So this is what's happening. So, Gunther, we have a new reality here. Everything has to be set up within the context of climate change. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, the reason for that is that we don't have a choice, we think. And climate change is not only on energy transition, it's also on uh, other aspects of uh, the changing of the climate, eh? like what we see in Europe and also in Belgium uh, the last summers, not this uh, summer, to be honest, but the last summers were, were very uh, warm. So we have to organize and, and we have to rethink how we build, how we renovate and uh, working in a only sustainable way 
to go in the good uh, directions and to avoid problems like uh, flooding, like heating up and, and so on. Because uh, people like Nicolas already mentioned, it's also a cost we have now eh, with the floods we have in, in July in uh, Belgium. It's a huge cost and we can avoid that if we only go in the direction to realize our assets in, in only a sustainable way. Adele, how quickly did this turn in attitudes happen? For me, it really started, uh, I would say, uh, five to seven years ago with an enormous acceleration the last 24 months. Um, Nicola, what's happened with you? Because you have always arguably specialized in this kind of world with Revive. How has life changed for you in terms of what people want, what their priorities are and, and what you are seeing happen in our cities? The end consumer um, is very intelligent and they know when they're when they're investing their savings where they want to spend it. Um, our industry has always been, been lagging behind and in, in French our industry is called immobilier. It's called uh, it means that it, it didn't move and it didn't move for 30 years and now we're finally accelerating. We, we are the biggest industry worldwide. It's a quite rich high yielding industry so we have all the means and we also have the responsibility to do it and that's what's tickling down now in the boardroom CEOs and people on the ground that we have all the ability uh, to change it and not seeing this as a cost but as an investment in the future of our own companies and the employees that are working for us. Um, Gunter, we we start seeing lots of different priorities here, don't we? We see the investors looking for long-term yields. We're looking for the people who are actually going to live in these places and work in these places, taking a much more in, you know, active interest in the carbon footprint, the livability, the, the the future-proofing of a building. And then you also have, like, biting at your heels, the developers who want to make a quick profit. And in the middle of all this is you, Arcadis. <laughs> More and more clients, uh, users are looking for the total cost of ownership during the whole period of uh, the asset. We do exactly studies in that case that we can prove if you invest in energy makeover with the, the right solutions, with carbon-free uh, solutions, climate-proof solutions, Maybe the cost in the beginning makes it, it higher, sometimes higher, because there's also an evolution in the market of materials and, and solutions that will be cheaper in, in future. But you also have to take the cost of the, the maintenance and the operations uh, together and the cost of your energy. And what we can see is there a big evolution that the cost of energy will lower if you invest in uh, right solutions than it will be uh, with the classical ones um, of, of oil and, and gas. Speaking of oil and gas, Adele, tell us about what you did with Total. We are currently developing a CO2 neutral building in Brussels together with a, a partner developer. The uh, energy which is delivered, uh, which is green energy uh, to the building is also delivered by Total uh, as, as a company. And we saw actually in the tender process, this made an enormous difference towards competitors which were having buildings which didn't uh, include this aspect in their tenderings. Nicola, just listening to what Adele says there, there's a suggestion that it takes longer to get this right. And projects need to be more involved and more arguably not carefully built but but built with so many more things in mind but budgets haven't stayed the same and the requirements of clients haven't stayed the same arguably you know if you want a building you'd quite like it soon please if you're investing all that money how has that changed or how, how do you work your way through this 
It takes longer and longer, and the complexity of uh, getting things done is also getting um, uh, higher. So uh, um, there's a full transparency. You have um, online media, social media. So every everyone is talking to each other. So to getting things done, you have to be very open, very honest, uh, and very prudent also. So you have to manage all your stakeholders, and it's it's taking more effort to getting your building permits. Projects are getting bigger, so it takes longer. That means. If we design a project today, it will be delivered probably in five years. So we we have to think like seven years in advance. You mentioned just there the if you build it, and that leads us to our next issue, how we fix things that we have in existence already. This year's Pritzker Prize, the ultimate accolade in architecture, went to the French duo Anne Lacaton and Jean-Philippe Lassalle, not for a brand new building, but for a renovation of social housing in the likes of Paris and Lille, celebrating the idea that sometimes the best approach is to do nothing. They've led the charge in the idea that working with what you have is sometimes better than starting again. But while this works in many ways for those who live and work in these places, the environmental challenges associated with them is a much harder ask. Um, Adele, let's begin with you. I mean, Immobel is what Belgium's largest listed real estate developer. Do you always knock down and start again? What we see in all these projects is that actually we keep large parts and to almost all parts of the existing buildings and we design in, in the design phase, I would say intelligent solutions to make sure that we have flexibility within the buildings. So part which is an office part could become residential within 30 years and that we keep as much of the existing building because it's the concrete which you have to reproduce if you knock down the building, which has an enormous uh, negative uh, carbon, uh, carbon footprint. The most obvious example is, for instance, a building in the center of, of Brussels, where uh, Total Energies and also B-Post uh, is going to move in the next uh, 12 months. We're talking about 42,000 square meters of, of offices, where we uh, reused the existing structure and where we also reused a lot of the existing materials in the building and also reused existing materials which had been knocked down in other buildings and we, uh, we are reusing them currently in our existing building. Um, Gunther, talking to the clients that you do, um, do you often feel the push from a client who says, I want a brand new building? And you can actually say, well, no, we can, we can do something with what we've got at the moment. Is, is there a conflict ever, ever between rebuilding and refitting? But there is a trend that we first look what we can use or reuse. And especially for that, we developed in, in Belgium a, a program redevelopment. We are still developing this uh, topic to help clients and to support clients and to think more first what we can reuse and not to knock down. And maybe to add something, uh, what helps us is the digitization and more uh, use of, of data and data collection and to connect data and to connect information in bigger neighborhoods. And that helps us to do a redevelopment with the, the reuse of existing assets more and more. And you're with Arcadis at MIPIM. Joining me are Adele Yahir from Immobel, Nicola Berel from Revive, and Hunter Echer from Arcadis. Nicola, I mean, it, it, when you start to reconstruct or indeed revive areas and buildings, you can't just stick a solar panel on the roof and say that's that, does it? It's a, it's a much more involved process. So what we do is 
we buy former industrial facilities that are now in urban areas. We upcycle the land for better use, better density, and the buildings on it. You have to be very intelligent when you when you look at this um, buildings that that have the, we have very beautiful buildings and the patina and the quality and the beauty of these buildings they give an extra quality to, to our cities. Give me an example of a building that's impossible to improve. You walked in and just went, yeah, it was great. I can't touch this. In Belgium, we have the oldest housing stock in the whole Europe. So we have to renovate it. This is this is the holy grail in decarbonizing because we only build 1% of newly built compared to the existing stock that we have. So it would take us 100 years uh, to, to rebuild our existing residential stock. So we don't have the time. So we have to renovate our existing stock, but it's a very fragmented uh, market, small households uh, owning a house. They don't have the money, they're in energy poverty, so they, they can't upgrade their house. So we have to invent new systems. And there's the question, do we renovate them? Do we knock them down uh, and build new ones? So I think uh, every building has to have his, his own analysis. If it's cost effective to renovate it or to just knock it down, maybe build a higher density, affordable housing with a very low energy cost. All a big list. And Gunther, we could arguably add to that um, a couple of things, couldn't we? Namely, does this building not only you know, satisfy green credentials in itself? Is it helping the community? Is it part of a bigger plan? And also, do people want to live in it? Because I think we can all agree that having spent an awful lot of time indoors for the last year, um, people are really now aware of what home can and must offer. Yes, we were uh, awarded with a very exciting project in Antwerp for the city uh, of Antwerp. And the program is to develop a, a roadmap, a roadmap to help the, the city to be climate neutral by 2050. And one of the most important things we will do in that roadmap is um, to see and to create connections between different uh, stakeholders like a hospital that has a very high need of, of heat and the industry. Uh, we have a very large port in uh, Antwerp with chemical cluster uh, in the port, which produces a lot of heat. And one of the topics in the study we will do uh, for the city of Antwerp is to see how we can bring this together and to connect with each other. So where there's an overload on heat, where can we bring it on the places like a hospital, where is a, a lot of need of heat. But it will go further than only that, is to make a connection between all the, the assets, not only the, the public domain, but also the, the private uh, domain. Question for both Adele and for Nicola. What about the... Reuse of what you've got, not just the building, but the materials that you've got there. Adele, I mean, how how are you able to reuse what you've got practically in terms of the materials that are lying in front of you when you when you when you approach a site? We do a full analysis of all materials in the buildings, and uh, we also see uh, and there are companies specialized in this. Where what is the origin? What is the carbon uh, footprint of all these materials, and how can we reuse them in one way or another? And there, case by case, we really look to as much as possible reuse the existing uh, material. And and for us, what is also more and more important is that we actually look, uh, and there is a a, a whole scope of of uh, materials being 
being being deconstructed in other buildings which we could also reuse for instance in a new office building the entry hall or the stone used in the entry hall is actually a stone which we reused from an old building which was a historic building of a bank which was being redeveloped and we reused cleaned up the stone and reused it as a uh, as a stone in a new office building in one uh, in one of our uh, projects it sounds like a brilliant idea when you have the luxury of being able to cross-reference, doesn't it, Nicola? But how practical or serious an approach is it to say, OK, we have a staircase from here or a hallway from there. We're going to move it up the road and use it in something else. I mean, is that a long-term viable approach? Well, I think what we need is very scalable solutions. And using a staircase in another building, it's fantastic. Uh, it's a fantastic solution, but it's not that scalable. So we really have to look at the whole value chain of our production. And I think this needs, what we need in our industry is a, is a system change. Because um, the whole value chain is chopped into, into pieces. Uh, you have the demolishment, you have the development, you have underground, above ground, investors, users, and so on. And what we see now is that this whole value chain is starting to talk, to talk to each other and even integrating. So this is hope giving. Uh, because as a developer, you don't have the immediate profit of building a very sustainable building. It's the it's the user, it's the tenant, it's the investor at the end of the day. Maybe you get a, a lower yield, you get a higher price, but that's just a one shot. The Agfa building being the the home of, of, of beautiful film, is that right? Yeah, the Agfa was, uh, they, they produced the, the, the films for Kodak. Uh, so it, it was kind of a disaster and they were knocked down by uh, by the smartphones. It was a contaminated site. We, we did remediate the soil. It was 99% uh, of the six hectare site was uh, surfaced. So it was concrete and asphalt. So uh, the site we are building now is 70% is um, green surface. So we can infiltrate rainwater. Uh, we have a better density. We have a better use. So it's upcycling the land, we are recycling some buildings and we are recycling material of the buildings that we're knocking down. Uh, we are building a heat network and we are upcycling uh, rainwater to drinking water with new nanomembrane technologies. I think this is the way that we have to look at urban regeneration and uh, rebuilding our cities. And that's why we are working together with universities, with the municipalities, with construction companies and investors and us as a developer, just as being a part of this, this whole value chain. Nicola, it's been suggested you need a little bit more pragmatism in your life. I'm a very <laughs> practical guy, I have to say. <laughs> I, I think uh, the urgency of decarbonizing is, is so big uh, that we have to move enormously fast so there's there's no time to waste I, I remember when i was young i had this poster in my bedroom no time to waste uh, from greenpeace i think it's 35 years ago or something uh, now there's still no time to waste so we've we've been losing time and and we have to go enormously fast so we we need this big bang solutions it will come from technology and it will come from from the industry so it, of course it has to be practical and it has to be fast but if it's not if it's not a big weekend scale then we, to my beliefs we don't have to waste uh, any time on it good to arguably arcades plays a very important role in speeding things up um where you're working on a policy where you will prioritize working with companies who have a sustainability agenda. Would you ever say no to a client now who won't prioritize sustainability? With every company we work for, for every government we work, it's on the agenda, it's on their uh, own vision. Uh, so there's a big evolution going on. But it's our goal and, and our mission 
to help the society because we, we see it as a society role uh, we have to fulfill to help and to support our clients and our society to go in, in the, right, uh, the right direction. You're happy to do that and happy to accept it. Um, Adele, are you going to be taking a leaf out of Nicolas' book and, and having a Greenpeace poster on your walls and saying, we will only be dealing with people who have a high sustainability ad- agenda? Or does it not work that way? Actually, today it works that way. Every month we don't do projects because it doesn't fit with the sustainability goals we have set ourselves. Finally, a quick fix from everybody. Something simple and easy that we can all take away and put into action straight away. Adele, let's begin with you. If you look to specifically Belgium, we have the oldest uh, housing stock in, in Europe. And I would say to everybody, go home and look to quick fixes on what you can do, uh, uh, which could make an enormous effect to upgrading the existing stock because we only produce a very small part yearly of the new stock. Uh, and, and, uh, and you can do much more by, by having analysis and doing something on the old stock. Nicola, what's your solution? We have to shut down the fossil fuel economy and base our world on renewables. This is the goal. And the thing that we have, the discussions that we have now when I refer to renovating all the stock is that you have the Trice Energetica, which is from an engineering perspective, okay. First, minimize your energy use, use what you need to use in fossil fuels and, and maximize your renewable energy. I think this is not going to work. We have to shut down fossil fuels, get on renewables, and if you have money left to spend or to invest, I should say, then let's insulate our buildings and change our windows because otherwise we will be killing each other in 30 years. We will have very beautiful insulated buildings with new windows, but we we won't get rid of the carbon problem. Günther, how about you? We have to work more uh, together with all the stakeholders. I think it's very necessary and do some more co-creation. If we can put all our knowledge together, then we will go in the go direction and we will achieve the climate goals uh, we set. And another thing is uh, digitization. Data is is the new oil eh? and we have to use more the data in a digital way uh, to inform us, to help us and to improve our society. And that brings us to the end of today's show. My thanks to Adel Yahir, Nicola Berrell and Hunter Echer. And if you enjoyed that, then make sure you subscribe. Just search Arcadis wherever you get your podcasts to hear the other episodes in this special series at MIPIM. And follow Arcadis on social media to find out more about what we do. I'm Emma Nelson. Goodbye and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>